Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast. And we've got a special guest with us. He's class of 2020s NRL retirees. He played 200 and I want to say 56 games for the West's Tigers. His name is Chris Lawrence. Thanks for joining us today. This episode is brought to you by our proud sponsor, Gold Coast Trading Cards. They are an authorized TLA trading card dealer and they are the NRL collector's choice from box breaks to individual cards they sell thousands of them from the 1960s up until recent 2020s and into the future 2021s coming out next year be sure to get all of your nrl trading card needs at gold coast trading card no worries thanks for having me no no worries what an amazing career you had you know and congratulations on such a big career from 2006 that's virtually unheard of these days so well done what was it like getting your debut in 06? Yeah, look, it was pretty unexpected, to be honest. In, you know, in, I was still in high school, obviously, and um, it was only really um, – I started training uh, with the first grade, so I just in, in the school holidays, actually. You know, Tim Sheens was really good at bringing uh, in a lot of younger kids to give them a week or two of training, uh, just to see what it was like um, mm. training with first grade guys. Because some guys and, may have been – sorry to interrupt. Some guys may have been like – uh, it's, you know, it's not for me. I can't keep up even though they had that dream. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, not really. It's more just the, the experience of what it's like to to, to be an elite athlete at oh, sort of okay. level you need to be at. Um, you know, as a uh, sort of 17, 18-year-old, you know, guys coming through, that they've identified through that sort of under-18 system just to give them a bit of a mark of sort of where they um, need to get to, I suppose. And um, so, yeah, I was lucky enough to sort of do that and then, um, uh, sort of Tim would um, he'd select a couple of guys to, to go and travel with the team uh, again more for the experience about what it's like to go and prepare for a game going and you know the flight to either Brisbane or you know Canberra or, or one of the away trips and um, I was fortunate enough me and another guy um, were, were selected to do that to, to go and travel with the team and it was only a couple of days before the game um, I think Paul Fadawira went got uh, went down injured with, with a hamstring I think and um then, yeah, basically Shinzi walked over to me and said, Look, looks like you're in, kids. So, and then that was it. So two days later, I had to basically sign a contract. I wasn't 18, so I had to get my – call my dad. Come, he had to come home from work, had to rush to get an NRL contract signed because basically, yeah, didn't have an NRL contract at that stage. Um, next day, flew out to Brisbane. The next day, played. So it was oh, wow. um, a, bit, a bit of a whirlwind. Oh, that's for sure. And you got a try on debut. And to anyone who's listening that may not know, you are and probably will hold the record for being the youngest West's Tigers debutant. You are 17 years and 283 days, which I think is a is a pretty cool achievement to have. What was it like, you know, running out onto the field, especially Suncorp of all places for your first game and managing to nab a try in the game? Well, look, it was pretty surreal. Um, I remember running out uh, in the warm-up and... It was at the stadium. It was only half full uh, then, so there was. I think the, the whole crowd was about forty thousand. So it was only about fifteen, twenty thousand there when I um, ran on the field. But just the the atmosphere and the electricity um, was just amazing. Obviously, something nothing that I had experienced, you know, playing school footy mm-hmm. or anything like that. So it was. Um, yeah, I wasn't really that nervous until then. I ran back out on the field, and you could hear sort of the crowd roar or uh, boom, more like it when you saw that out. Uh, on the field, so uh, and standing there, sort of waiting for kickoff, and realizing it was uh, it was actually happening. So, uh, it, look, it, it, like a lot of players say in their debut game, it, it just went so quick. Um, mm. Sort of, you, you don't feel like you get tired. You just you got that much adrenaline pumping pumping through your body. Um, and yeah, I was I was lucky enough to 
um, you know, get into some space early on. And uh, look, Sheenzy said to me before the game, you know, when I was obviously a bit nervous, just said, look, the, you're going to get an opportunity in the game. Um, you know, I picked you for a reason. So if you get the opportunity in the game, just back yourself. Um, so I sort of had that running through my mind when I got an open space and, and was fortunate enough to sort of get around uh, Berrigan and, and score a try. Yeah, which is very hard to do, especially given his try-saving tackle later that year in um, the prelim final. So that's an amazing accomplishment on, on behalf of yourself. Um, you then, as I mentioned earlier, went on to play 15 years in total for the Tigers, being a one-club man, which is very rare these days. Um, what was, you know, I'm sure you probably had offers when you were coming off contract throughout the time um, with the Tigers where other teams would have maybe tabled an offer. What was the deciding factor, you know, to stay a one-club man with Wests? Oh, I think, you know, a lot of the people around the club, a lot of the players, um, you know, I've made some really good sort of friends, lifelong friends for, for people at the club. And, um, like, I, I really appreciated particularly, you know, the Tim Sheens, the opportunity he gave me and the faith he showed in me uh, when I was young. So, I felt, you know, I, lo- I loved the club and, and I felt like in some respects, p- particularly early on, I had to repay the, the faith that uh, the club showed me early on. And again, there were so many um, players who um, I, I just, I wanted to keep playing with. You know, we had a really good core bunch of guys, um, you know, along the way and um, that, you know, you spend pretty much all your time with these guys day in, day out in the trenches, you know, doing all the hard pre-seasons. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to build something special um, with these guys. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I was at your last game at Bank West. It was an amazing game. It unfortunately also turned out to be a horror game for Benji because as everyone knows, he got a few injuries in that game. Um, And me and my friend definitely believe that if Benji had played on, you guys would have got the win because it was such a good game. Um, So it was amazing to see your last game live. How is retirement treating you and how are you transitioning into retirement since then? Yeah, look, uh, yeah, obviously the last game was disappointing not to get the win. I, I thought from a team perspective, we played some really good footy and mm. it was probably just a bit of a, a, to be honest, a reflection of our season where we just had, you know, you know, 10 or 15 minute patches in a game where we might leak, you know, a couple of tries and that's the difference. I thought from the majority of the game, we probably had the upper hand, but mm. again, probably, you know, just a reflection of, of the season. Um, but yeah, look, straight into obviously you know, into retirement and the, for me, the transition probably started quite a number of years ago. I've, I've been probably one of the more proactive ones in uh, really having a focus away from, from footy. Uh, I feel like um, it wasn't necessarily to create a plan B or, or something to um, have as, as a fallback. It was because I really believe having that focus away uh, from sport has in, in improved my performance. And I really, I really think it's helped me be consistent and have, have a longer career being able to overcome some of the setbacks and, and challenges and things I've, I've faced and being able to just provide a bit of, of a distraction and take your mind away from football. So um, for me, you know, being able to do a lot of different educational courses and being able to start a business one more being uh, meant that I've, you know, the, the byproduct of that meant I, I can roll straight into to my company and um, help try to inspire and make an impact um, not only, you know, in the corporate side of things, but, but with the next generation of athletes. So um, I've rolled straight into that. Um, we'll probably take a bit of time to break over, over January, be, be the first sort of summer I haven't been um, sweating it out day in, day out on, on the training field for a while. So uh, I'll, I'll probably, uh, yeah, again, work straight into the business now, working hard, but take a bit of a break over summer. No, that's for sure. Um, and while we're talking about One Wellbeing, what is One Wellbeing and um, what was the what is the main goal of Wellbeing, One Wellbeing? Yeah, so One Wellbeing um, it inspires, empowers and 
and educates um, not only you know employees and business leaders, but also athletes to help shift their mindset, um, find their best, and, and overcome challenges and adversity. So you know we work we work within a corporate space trying to implement the principles of elite sport to um, again help people. Uh, shift their mindset and overcome adversity through workshops, uh, keynote presentations, coaching and mentoring. And, and um, within the athlete side of things, it's about building confidence and learning. It's about trying to help improve your performance, um, you know, improve your brand and, and improve the commercial aspects by, again, engaging in off-field initiatives, finding a passion away from sport. And I'm really a big believer in that. And it's not all about education. It's about finding that passion away from sport. How can you facilitate that? What can you do to try and, Make sure that day in day out, um, you can step away from football. It's not um, you're not consumed by football all the time because it's um a, it's a high pressure environment. And, and if you uh, don't have any outside of that, you don't have any sort of um, any other focus uh, area. So uh, for me, being able to do that and, and share my knowledge and experience, the things that have helped me in both areas, um, uh, and hopefully have an impact on a number of people's lives, um, is is pretty important. No, that's fair. Um, and I've got to ask, how did you get the nickname Rowdy? I was obviously probably uh, an ironic nickname at the start, being a 17-year-old kid, um, you know, coming out of high school. And I was a big believer that you had to earn the respect of the, the older guys. So, to yeah. be honest, I barely said a word in the first <laughs> it's probably year. And it was only probably midway through, um, you know, my second sort of season. And um, just started being myself. Felt when I, I think it was when I felt like I, I'd earned my place in the side um, because I didn't. I was sort of thrown in there the first year. I, I'd, be, mm. I'd hadn't. I'd only really completed one or two training sessions with the team, so had barely trained with the team. So didn't really felt like I'd earned it enough and earned the respect enough. So I suppose once I felt like I did that, um, just started being myself and, and talking. And obviously, going from a kid who didn't didn't say a word to then just being myself, which is, you know, I'm, a, quite a, I'm definitely not an extrovert, but, um, you know, like I, I'm myself, I don't mind a chat and don't mind being who I am. So, yeah, I think it's Benny Galea gave me that after I sort of started um, chatting a bit. He just turned around and said, mate, you pop down, Rowdy, but you've been a bit too rowdy. <laughs> it, uh, it came from uh, came from Benny Galea. He can claim that one. That's fair. So, yeah, basically it went from being quiet to all of them are noticing you talking and that's that's honestly awesome. Um and speaking of Rowdy, you've started up a podcast. Um, I'm sorry if I'm getting the name wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Retirement with Rowdy or Retire with Rowdy, going and talking about your retirement. Um, what What is that about? Obviously, I mean, I just made more or less mentioned it. Um, and where can people find yeah. that to listen to? Yeah, so Retire with Rowdy, it's sort of a, a bit of a spin-off. We've been, uh, me and my business partner, running a podcast, um, The Be Ready Project. So again, working with athletes, speaking with um, athletes who have a transition uh, away from sport, just telling their story, you know, good and bad, uh, and things that have helped um, them, you know, things and advice they could give. And, um, yeah, again, just trying to uh, provide those opportunities and, and those things for the, the current athletes to hopefully uh, have things that are going to resonate with them. And uh, for me, obviously, now it's my turn to go through that transition and um, retiring. So it's more just a, a diary, literally a podcast diary, going through – the different stages for me, you know, from a week um, before uh, finishing up my last game to the week after and then subsequent w- weeks, you know, what I'm doing with the business, you know, the things I'm going through, any challenges I'm facing initially and what I'm trying to do to overcome those things. So, yeah, um, everyone can find that. It's on the Be Ready Project, so on, uh, I think, Apple, iTunes and, and All that uh, sort Spotify. of stuff. I'm, I don't, I don't load it up there, so my business <laughs> I've got one wrong, but, yeah, the Be Ready Project podcast is where you can find it. 
No worries. Um, I'll I'll also find the links to that and put it in, in the description of this episode. So if anyone can't be bothered searching, just scroll and you'll be able to click on the link. Um, next question would and topic would be the COVID bubble of 2020 for NRL. Um, what was it like for you having to deal with that? Um, and in general, how did the team cope during the, you could say, lockdown and then also the um, comeback since COVID for the NRL? Yeah, look, I think the um, the initial break um, when we broke up, um, the first probably couple of weeks was pretty hard because we didn't really – a lot of the, the uh, chatter was about that that was the season done. Um, that was It was looking pretty grim. And then within the space of a week, it turned around and, and there was a start date. So once there was a start date, there was a bit of certainty. Uh, even though, you know, we weren't allowed to come in and train with the club, we had to, you know, basically keep ourselves fully fit um, do the same training load, but train by ourselves. But the wow. motivation's there because you knew there was a start date and you knew mm-hmm. that if you didn't come back in the same shape, you knew you you were going to be behind the eight ball and you didn't want to let your teammates down, you know, be that one in the middle of the game who is underdone because they didn't do that work. Mm. Um, so, look, that was all right. And then obviously coming back into the full-team environment and being in the bubble, um, and again, initially it, 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 there wasn't really a lot of drama with it because – there were so many other people in lockdown um, and the fact that we could still come back and, and play and work and, and, and um, to get paid because at the end of the day, if, if we're not playing, we're not getting paid. So um, a lot of people doing so much worse, you know, unemployment rates going up to 7 million, you know, people you know, skyrocketing. So we still had employment. We still could do something we love and still, you know, even though obviously taken a significant pay cut, but um, you know, still get paid. So, you know, that was obviously fine. And, but, you know, for then the the challenges go as you know you go through the rest of the the season you know having 18 games game straight was a challenge um, <laughs> that definitely would not have been fun no buy or nothing yeah and i think that that was sort of tough week in week out you know having to you know do the training in preparation for that i know the guys that <clears throat> were were not playing that that was difficult not being able to just play in reserve grade and, and do uh, and actually get a game and, mm. and still Basically, train and keep, keep up that trying, yeah, try and keep the match fitness up, sort of thing. Sorry. Yeah, that was that was sort of hard. That was um, that was pretty hard because again, not knowing whether they were going to get their opportunity, but you know, knowing that they had to be ready just in case. So, look, that was mentally very challenging. But I think towards the back end of the year, when you know uh, the pressure cooker of the season, and you, you got not only the niggly injuries, but you got the normal, you know, scrutiny for the media, you know, social media, um, you know, pressure on performance. Yeah, it, it does get tough, and because there's no outlet, you can't leave your house. You go to training and come home, and basically leave your house just to get groceries. It was, um, yeah, look, it was difficult, and I uh, know uh, a lot of you know players, different players, did, did struggle. You know, for me. I found, you know, I found it tough, but I was very fortunate that, you know, I had other, again, other passions. I had my work, my business, I could still do, you know, virtually, you know, had my wife, had my my, um, my little daughter. So, you know, I could come home and still switch off from footy. But guys who, you know, um, might have been you know, young single guys and a lot of young guys living together basically had to come home and live, you know, in a unit, couldn't do anything else and didn't get to basically, you know, live their life. So, yeah, and, and still were all under the same scrutiny that, that everyone else was. So, yeah, look, it was difficult, but again, everyone was in the same boat. You had teams like obviously the Warriors relocating and, and, and the Storm as well. So, it was everyone just had to do what they, they could do to, to get the season out. Which is an amazing effort on not just the Warriors and the Storm, but just in general, everyone's sacrificed in the NRL from the volunteers all the way up to the core part of the team and the players. It's an amazing effort. So, Thank you on behalf of the podcast to you, the Tigers and the Tigers 
volunteers, staff, all that for making sure the game could still go on. Um, and during COVID, what was your Netflix binge during that 10-week no NRL games sort of break? Mate, I was nothing. I was probably the most busy I've been given the fact that I thought there's a good chance we're not coming back and playing. And because of that, I thought, well, potentially my career could be over. So I need to make sure my business is up and running. So mm. I was um, working sort of 12, 14 hour days uh, in my business trying to, wow. again, uh, you know, like all small businesses, small businesses, we took a hit with COVID. So trying to minimize that and uh, really be flexible and adapt to the changing environment and find, you know, opportunities in it. So, for me, I, I use it as an opportunity to try and um, excel my business through it. Where when a lot of businesses were going backwards, so unfortunately didn't have the, didn't have the luxury of um, sitting down and chilling mm. and just uh, watching Netflix. Now that's fair. I was very similar. I saw it as a chance to because I usually interview former players because they're a lot easier to get in contact with. But with that break, it enabled me to get in contact with current 2020 NRL players. And so I really took that opportunity, as you did with your one well-being, to really get it off the ground, which is an amazing, amazing accomplishment that it's ready to go for you and transition into into retirement. Well, not work retirement, but footy retirement. Um, we've got a few questions from few of my mates who are devout Tigers fans. Um, the first one is from Christian, and he asks... Hey, Chris, first off, congratulations on a fantastic career and a long one with the West Tigers. I'm a huge fan. I was just wondering what your favourite edge combination was to play in when you were playing for the Tigers and uh, the hardest edge that you had to oppose. Your favourite edge combination would have been... Oh, it's probably a, a t- toss-up. Well, it's it's pretty close. So to be around that sort of nine, sort of oh nine or ten, um, me playing centres, having Benji in halves, Gareth Ellis back row, and then oh nine, obviously having the big tank Taniella, and then um, in twenty ten having Lottie. So I probably couldn't split either one of them, but it was a uh, yeah, it was a, a pleasure to play along a side, you know, a, an edge with you know full of internationals who just made you look good. So that was definitely you know. I would say the edge that I really enjoyed playing alongside and we really formed some good combinations and the edge that I didn't like defending against. Um, I think um, the edge that used to always challenge you and, but you know, not that I actually enjoyed it because you knew you had to be on your game. Um, I think early on, um, was the Dragons, you know, uh, for me coming up against Mark Gasney in the centres. Um, oh, that wouldn't have been easy. Yeah, you, you had to, you had to be on your game because you know if if you weren't, you're going to let your team down. But I, I saw it as an opportunity. I mean, that's why you play rugby league to come up against the best um, and test yourself. Um, so I, I really tried to uh, enjoy that challenge as much as I could. Um, probably as a whole edge, um, and it's probably you know the time that that nine, ten, sort of eleven period, um, the manly right edge. You know when 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 us the Tigers left edge was probably performing really well. The manly right edge, you know, Cherry Evans, Glenn Stewart, um, Jamie Lyon, you know, um, they, they always test you that you had to, you know, it doesn't matter if it was a long shift or a short side. Um, they, they, they were just footy players. So they, if you were lazy for Mark or you were short uh, in some senses, they were always going to come. So you, you couldn't really have a tackle off. So they, they always tested you. Now that's fair. And thank you very much for your question, Christian. The next question comes from, again, he's a devout Tigers fan. He was my mate that I went to your last game with, Corey, and he asks this. Rowdy, how are you? It's Cosmo, mate. Big fan of you. 
Um, love your work. Legend for the Tigers. But my question is, mate, what is uh, life for Chris Lawrence after the West Tigers looking like, mate? What are you up to next? What's the next chapter? Yeah, so next chapter, uh, again, we sort of touched on it, just, you know, rolling straight into the business, which is good. And then um, also I'm being fortunate enough to um, still sort of hang around the Tigers and, and, and I'll be doing a bit of work as a, as a careers coach and, again, as a mentor for helping those guys guys um, with uh, life sort of after footy and, and trying to help them find that passion. So uh, while I'll only be, you know, in, in a small capacity, um, given the fact I, I probably can't, you know, um, the, the bandwidth of the amount of time I can sort of allocate given how busy I'm with uh, the business, but I still really wanted to try to help out this uh, this young group of Tigers players. I was, you know, they're a great bunch of guys and I, um, I see a lot of myself and a lot of young guys coming through with, um, you know, really good work ethic and just that willingness to learn. So any sort of wisdom I can impart on them, um, uh, I'd be more than happy to do so. Yeah, no, for sure. And again, thank you very much, Corey, for your question. Um, so rounding this off with a few more, like two or three more questions, what is your personal NRL career highlight? Um, career highlight? Obviously, you've probably got a few. I mean, you can't. Uh, you go past your, your debut. Every every player, you know, dreams to play one game. So you, you always remember your first game. Um, I probably, in terms of ga- games for the Tigers, um, you know, th- there's been some games where, again, some memorable games, you know, it's hard to sort of pick out one um, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, the, a lot of memorable wins where just things clicked for us. And, yeah, it was just, you know, really enjoyable. And just enjoying those moments, you know, again, with guys who, you know, best your mates for life. Um and then probably one that stands out was, you know, being able to play for Australia and playing the Four Nations winning final in, in 2011 uh, alongside sort of Darren Lockyer in his last game. So, um, yeah, that was pretty special to, to be able to be part of that and, um, yeah, and again, be part of yeah, such a great player's last game. No, honestly, that's that's fair enough. I was going to say, it, it, I was thinking in my mind it would either be your debut or it would be a game for the green and gold, and it was both, which is amazing. Um, do you have any advice for any kids or youngsters, you know, that want to play footy in the big leagues one day? Oh, I think first and foremost, you know, just to enjoy it, have fun. Uh, you know, it's you, you want to be able to enjoy it. If it, if it becomes, um, you know, the, I know there's a lot of like scouts and coaches and trainers um, and it is, you know, serious business from such a young age now, but it, it's about having fun. You have to enjoy what you do, um, first and foremost, enjoying, but also your willingness willingness to learn. It doesn't matter what age you are. You've got to be willing to learn each and every day. How can I sort of improve, get better? Um, what can I do to, uh, again, make myself a better footy person, a better player? And third thing is um, hard work, you know. Uh, if you're willing to put the hard work in, you know, when when you get to that, um, you know, the 17, 18, 19 years of age, um, you know, everyone's ability um, becomes very similar and, and it's only, you're only separated by uh, who's willing to do that hard work. So, you know, I'd say definitely make sure, make sure you enjoy it or always willingness to learn and grow and um, working hard. Now that's fair. Um, and two last questions. Number one is if you could have an actor play you for a movie based on your life, who would it be and why? <sighs> actor. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Are there any suggestions? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm just trying to think of a sporting type one as well. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe Matt, Matt Damon. In, yeah. In, like, yeah. Matt Damon. Because he was in the, he did the, the rugby, what was the rugby movie? Uh, in Invincibles, something like that. Yeah. In, it was, it was the, yeah, the one with the Springboks, wasn't it? 
Yeah, so my yeah. maybe just because I just pictured him running out in a spring, spring box jersey. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. And oh, brain fighting hard. There was a question that I had. That's right. And so I'm just going to do a quick clicks because I want to edit that bit out. And the last question: What was it like sharing a milestone game such as your 250th? On alongside one of the other greatest um, Tigers, West Tigers players, Benji Marshall, who also was playing his 250th Tigers game the same day, the, so like in the same game, and also holding the record, sh- sorry, sharing the record with him as the top try scorers for the West Tigers to date. Yeah, look, it's, uh, I think the try scoring record will probably get beaten. Probably at some point. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we'll hold that for very long. But yeah, look, it was, it was pretty special to... Um, share it, you know, uh, that 250th game uh, alongside Benji because, again, he'd been such a big part of my career um, playing alongside him, particularly you know, on the left edge, um, particularly in the centres and and such a good mate. Um, you know, for quite many years, he, he'd been making me look good, um, setting <laughs> up with, with plenty of tries. But, uh, yeah, so it was just an honour to be able to share that sort of moment with him. So, yeah, definitely some um, memories and that, that I'll take away. Probably not the most memorable game, Um yeah, I think we got beaten by Newcastle quite convincingly. But, um, look, it, it was still um, one of those days where, you know, um, you, you sort of are very grateful for that um, that opportunity. Yeah, like it was – I'm sure, like, from your side of things, it was – even though the result of the game didn't go the way as planned, the whole day in general, you know, and the 250th outweighs the result sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean – you know that the one game doesn't define your whole career, and obviously oh, you, you, always, you always want to have that, um, enjoy that moment, um, and and have that good sort of feeling. But yeah, look, I just look back at it and just very grateful for again the the opportunity to to be able to even get to that 250 game milestone. Awesome, and honestly, that about wraps it up. So I'm going to thank you very much for joining me, and I'll get this episode up probably either tomorrow or the day after. Um, and obviously I'll tag you on LinkedIn and all that stuff when it's all up and running. Um, also one last bit, because I'll edit that bit out. Um, you've yeah. got a competition for people to win your match on jerseys. How, where is it and how can people enter? Yeah. So just go on all my social channels. Um, yeah. Chris Lawrence on LinkedIn and Chris Lawrence, uh, 04 on, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and, uh, and then Chris Lawrence on Facebook. So, yeah, look, I, to be honest, it was just more the fact that a lot of the guys back to training and um, then sort of remind me there's probably about time and uh, it's probably on my to do, long list of uh, things to do around the house to try and tidy up everything. So, yeah, just um, you know, plenty of years of, of gear that sort of uh, has built up and I uh, <laughs> thought, you know, what a great way to try and, um, you know, give back to us, you know, um, give it out to some lucky Tigers fans and, and, again, hopefully in the same process, um, be able to help share, you know, what I'm doing with my business and help them um, serve and make an impact. So if I can do two things at once, and um, it's uh, be really, really good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so everyone who listened to that, be sure to head over to those links. I'll put them in the description below. Thank you very much for joining me again, and I'll definitely be sure to get you on next year for a 2021 Tigers, you know, season preview. Sounds good, mate. Cheers. <laughs>